We would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land. We respectfully acknowledge elders past, present and emerging. Always was, always will be. Megan Mountain. We're here to help beginners navigate the world of wine. I'm Mel uh, and I've collected over 200 corks that I've savoured in the last couple of years. <laughs> that's not the fact about me. Sobrage, because you titled me a uh, master, master of Sobrage. No, so, that was uh, self-titled now. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you said as a master of wine you could like, um, yes. you had the power to enforce that. I do enforce it. Okay, I bequeath great. it upon you. Magic. I'm getting it on a t-shirt just so everybody knows. Uh, and I am joined by Meg Brutman as always, an actual master of wine and uh, what lover of all things bubbly, aren't you? I do. I do love bubbles. <laughs> and what about aged wine? Love aged wine. I just, I love the transformation. That's one of the things I love about most about winemaking is just mm. to see it even going through the winemaking process and then when it does its magic in bottle it's even more exciting because we have no control over that. Oh, well, perfect because that's what we're delving into today. But first, what have you been drinking lately? What should I be adding to my list? Well, I've been drinking Eden Valley, Leo Buring, Eden Valley Riesling and because of ageing, I fr- always buy a half a dozen bottles. I get it at Costco. It's very, very cheap Ooh. with the aim of laying down half a dozen, five of them and drinking one. But it's so delicious when it's young that I end up drinking them all. Then I go back to Costco, <laughs> I buy another half a dozen. So I know how troublesome it can be to have the to avoid the temptation of drinking everything you buy. Oh, absolutely. So Costco, that's a good uh, that's a nice budget friendly option. It is, and they I mean, you know, they don't always have the same wines every time. But um, if you are selective, you can actually get some mm. real bangers, as my daughter would say. Bangers. Yes, that's what she calls good songs, real bangers. <laughs> <laughs> All right, bangers online. I love that. And um, as always, I'd love a fun fact from you. What do you got? Well, since we're talking about age, I was I read with interest this week, and every week there's some new health report coming out between wine and. <laughs> Health, and this was one glass of wine a day um, reduces the risk of dementia. So I thought that was quite good. Mostly it would be red wine because of the polyphenolics, mm. aka tannins. Yeah. But some wine does have white wine does have phenolics in it, so I'm taking it to mean both. But unfortunately, more than three glasses a day increases your risk. So oh. there's all, oh my god, that was my follow up question. No. I was like, I'm never getting dementia. <laughs> so they give with one hand and they take uh, away with the other. All right, that bloody moderation thing we keep coming I back know. to. It's a shame, isn't it? I know. <laughs> so no, we're talking about age today. Now I know I absolutely love an aged wine. Um, we put actually a poll up on the Rob Darling Instagram this week because we were really keen to see like we know we're in the wine industry so we definitely love an aged wine but do people at home do it too um I was surprised to find out that 48% of our followers they do they age their wines that's a huge number um don't you think that I find that really surprising because they say the statistics are that 98% of wine bought is consumed within 24 hours yeah and 99 is consumed within 48 wow. hours. So, 
hats off to you. You've obviously got more – they've got more resolve than I have when I'm <laughs> constantly buying wine and drinking it. Well, that's true. Like one person did write back and said – the comment was, I drink it too fast. I have no idea how people hate it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you. I'm with you. Do you have any tips about how to stop yourself drinking it? Hide it. I, I frequently, and this is terrible, I hide my wine for two reasons. One, for my husband, because he gets a little bit upset how much I spend on wine. But it's yeah. like books. I don't spend it on clothes or, you know, nails or anything. I just spend it on wine. Yeah. Um, so I hide it. So frequently we will stumble across a case of something. Mm. And I'm too lazy to go. I've got, like, this workshop under our house. I'm too lazy to go downstairs. So that's always a good place to, to hide the wine. But I found it in the man cave before. I found a dozen burgundy like really good oh domain to Belen Burgundies. And he got very upset because it was a bit hot, the storage <gasps> conditions. So he said, well, this is an ideal. Um, but, yeah, I, hide it away. Put it in your wine fridge if you've got one, but underneath everything because who can be bothered pulling wines off each other in your wine fridge? You only ever drink what's on top. Very true. Um, and put it down on the bottom shelves. All right. Well, that's good tips. But why don't we just like go back right to the start? What is the point of aging wine? Change and improvement. So when wine ages, it's like a a sort of slight curve that it'll hold. So it just doesn't do anything. And then it'll start to improve. Um, and what, what what do we mean by improve? It takes on what we call tertiary characteristics, so aged wine characteristics, and that adds to the complexity of the wine. So in a white wine, you may see some toast or Riesling's a good example, that petrol kerosene mm. characteristic, honey in aged semillon, toast, marzipan, or, and it, you've got still fresh fruit characters. You may have some oak if it's a Chardonnay, and then you've got this extra layer in complexity mm of age on top of that. Um, in red wine, it tends to move towards the leather, meaty, cigar box, cedar, almost imagine, I imagine dried goods. I always see it as a sort of a dried thing, like cedar boxes. Um, so as the red wine ages, it'll fade in colour as well. Okay. And the tannins will soften out as well because they'll start to combine. Tannins start off as small little block chains mm. and they keep joining to each other over time. And then eventually they get so joined together that they're heavy and they'll come out of solution. Right. Well, we've got a couple of wines in front of us. We had a dig around uh, the cellar today. Yay. Found something special. We've got a 2018 uh, Rob Dolan white label Chardonnay. And next to it, we've got the same wine, but from 2010. Mm. So what are the main things that you're noticing about this? So the first thing that you notice is colour. In white wine, when it's bottled, mostly the descriptors that we'll use are water white sometimes, pale lemon, lemon green. Then as you age wine, and it gets to about five years-ish, rule of thumb, none of this is absolute, um, it starts to take on a more hay, straw, um, lemon, deep lemon, ripe lemon, gold colours as it gets older and older and older and then it will eventually become brown try to drink it before you get to the brown stage (laughs) Um, because brown usually means oxidized so that's the first thing we notice the second thing we notice in the first the 2018 um, white label chardonnay is that it's got quite a lot of marzipan oak what i call green almonds so fresh almond character citrus grapefruit 
But then you smell the 2010, and I will say now they are from different vineyards. But 2010's got that honey, and I call it creamed honey. I don't know if you can buy creamed honey anymore. But it's it's not honey Absolutely. honey, it's creamed honey. Yeah. So you've got yeah. that creamed honey flavour, almost like, for me, it smells like when you get white death bread, <laughs> toast it, butter, melting, creamed honey on top. That is literally That's exactly. what it smells like. Yeah. So you've got the toastiness, which has obviously come from the oak back in the mm. day, melding with that butteriness and the honey flavours, which are coming from the age of the, the grape. Wow. And, okay, well, I've, I've already dived in. I've had this here. But when you said butter melting with the honey, it was absolutely, like, had those characters. But it almost had that sensation in my mouth as well, like it was melting. Is that an age character? Yeah. The, the, the acid tends to soften out with age. I mean, in some wines you may find little what the Germans used to like calling wine diamonds in the bottle of the wine. Over time the acid comes out of solution and it forms a little crystal. It does no harm to you. It looks like glass but really it won't do any harm and it will settle out and so it softens the acidity in the wine. I think the creaminess in this wine, 2010 was a really warm year. Um, 2018 is quite warm as well when the Chardonnay was being picked. So you're seeing probably that softening because of the age characteristic with the, the acid. And the, well, there's still a lot of fruit in the wine, though. It's got oh, that the, yeah, there is. Quince, when you're cooking quinces up, mm. that smell of making quince paste. And, yeah, it's pretty delicious. Oh, it's absolutely beautiful. And so I guess, like, this is something that we actually, when we first dug it out, we weren't sure how good it was going to taste. So how do you know which wines are going to be able to age like this? Tricky. Um, the wine, first of all, make sure it's got plenty of fruit to start with. Make sure it's got good acidity. So when you take it into your mouth and you swallow it, tip your head forward, see how much dribble accumulates, how much saliva. The more saliva, the more acid. So mm. you want quite a lot of saliva accumulating in your mouth. That's going to tell you that it's got good acidity. So when a wine need to, to age, it needs fruit, acidity, um, lowish alcohol I think is best. So okay. for a white wine, not over 14.5%, more between sort of 11.5% to 13 is mm. better. Um, and of a great variety that you know is going to improve with age. Sauvignon Blanc, my friends, not going to improve with age. <laughs> there are a rare exceptions to that, but mostly Sauvignon Blanc is enjoyed for its freshness. Can't throw my geese in the arse, No. <laughs> you can, and you know what it'll end up smelling like? What? Mushy peas, if you've yeah. ever had mushy peas out of a tin. <laughs> that they serve at fish and chip shops in the UK. So great variety. So Riesling, Chardonnay, Semillon are probably the classics. Pinot Gris, not so much. Because, no. um, again, it's all about yummy, fresh fruit. Sparkling wine, most sparkling wine, no, drink it mm-hmm. when it's young and fresh. With red wine, you want acidity again. You want it to have some good colour to start with. You want it to have firm, fine grain tannins, so nothing drying, nothing insipid, nothing that you feel like you've just eaten chalk dust. Yeah. You want them to be quite fine, very evident, but plenty of fruit in that mid-palate to support the, the tannin. And... Yeah, flavour. Okay. 
So is what you're saying that it would be pretty hard to just pick a wine off the shelf and say you're going to age it. You really have to taste it first. Yeah, I would taste it first, do what I do, brother, Leo Buring Riesling, $13.99 a bottle, <laughs> and then drink it over the next two weeks. Um, yeah, I would – the other way you can do it is wines that have form that okay. people have aged before. Hunter Valley Simeon, people, it's oh. cheap. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And you can buy it aged already, actually. Yeah. That's what I've noticed about Yes, Dan Murphy's do a seller release, which is yeah. good. You're paying a bit more because they've done the hard work for you, yeah. but it is an unsung hero of Australia and it's recognised globally as one of the greatest wines of the world. Yeah. Uh, but we just seem to ignore it, particularly in Victoria. I think Sydney ciders drink a little bit more, but when it's young, it's quite unfriendly. Yeah. It's very acidic and it's it, yeah. very lemon and it's low yeah. in alcohol, but all those things make it the perfect, you know, wine to put down. So I think when you're looking for age, make sure you've got plenty of fruit to, to start with. Yeah, beautiful. Okay, so let's talk about actually this aging process. Do we have to all uh, go underground and build cellars in our houses? No. <laughs> What you want is constant temperature, ideally between 15 and 18 degrees Celsius. So the constancy, I think that's a word, um, it, the consistency. Consistency. <laughs> I'm, as Mel said, I make up words all the time. Um, so the, to have a constant temperature is more important. So it's better to have it at 18 all the time than 15, 18, 20, 12, 10. So you want that warmer temperatures. The warmer the temperature, the faster it will age yes okay so anything over i think for every five degrees over that they there's a rule of thumb that you lose um two two hmm. years on the bottle of wine i don't know how true that is because anything at 30 degrees would be disgusting anyway so temperature is key keeping it at a constant temperature between 15 and 18 degrees celsius no vibration interestingly okay so if you live in a house on the that fronts on quite close to the street Put it at the back of your house so you're not getting road mm. movement. Um, with cork, lay it on its side so that the cork is kept moist. Yeah. Screw cap, doesn't matter. Yeah, You okay. can do it either way. But you get more bang for your buck laying things horizontally than you do vertically because you're going to lose your vertical space fairly, yeah. fairly quickly. <laughs> yeah. um, if you have a big cellar, I would keep it dark as well. Don't have light, particularly if you've got any clear bottles. Wine can go through a thing called light strike. And I know my wine fridge has a light option. I can have the light on to show off my wine. (laughs) I just keep it off. Um, And I very rarely buy wine in clear bottles. But a lot of Saturns and Noble One sweet wines come in clear bottles. So you've just got to be a bit careful about keeping your wine in the dark. Um, And... Taste it every six months to a year. So I always recommend buying a dozen. And when it's drinking well, when you're enjoying it, doesn't matter what anyone else says, drink it all. Yeah. Not in the one night, but don't muck around. Don't hope it's gonna that it's going to get better. It's my lazy window. Yeah, that's right. You, you'll have a brief window. Wine will improve. It'll be a straight line. Well, not a straight line, but a slight line moving up improvement. Then yeah. it'll hold. And then the only way is down from there. It will start to get worse. Okay. 
I want to go back to this temperature thing because I have a wine fridge at home and I keep it at, I think, 10 or 12 degrees. Um, And there's some wine in there that I'm not necessarily aging it in there, but it it might stick around in there for a year or two before I get to it. Is that going to be bad for the wine? No, that's really good. Oh, good. I've got the same. I've got my wine fridge has 10. I can do it at 10 or, or up to 18 degrees. Yep. So I have the top half. At 10 because that's, again, that's where I put the wine to age it. And then it's almost cool enough to drink when I get home when I've forgotten to put something in the fridge. That's, that's the exactly, reason. That's exactly what mine is. <laughs> so it's basically just a wine fridge, not quite as cold. Uh, <laughs> because serving temperature for white wine, I know I'm going off piston, really between yeah. 12 and 15 degrees. And so it's kind of there. Yeah. But think about it, 10 you're going to age it for longer. So they've ju- they found all that wine from the Titanic yeah, and it's been underground, so it's under pressure, yep. underground, under the sea, um, and at really cold temperatures, and it was still apparently really, really fresh when they tried it. Wow. And they've just brought one back from space that they aged in space. What? Oh, I know, but, you know. That's a bit. Elon Musk. Oh, can't send people. <laughs> can't send people to Mars, so may as well send a bottle of wine. <laughs> um, so, yeah, no, I, I wouldn't go lower than – Eight, mm-hmm. because if it's too cold, you may start losing the acidity that might start to come out of solution at cold temperatures. So, yep. yeah, and plus it's more expensive to keep your fridge at eight. True. Okay, so let's go back to um, what you said about when you went and taste it, it's good. But it would be good to get uh, some guidelines about generally how many years you can expect wine to last. Is there any sort of general number? Yes. I think if you're spending under $25, this is a real rule of thumb, people, just drink it. Yeah. 25 to 35, it will hold for a minimum of two to three years. Okay. You may start to get some of these tertiary characteristics in it. If you go five to eight, you'll get some tertiary characteristics in it. So you... You will it will age, mm-hmm. but you know you probably have a maximum of eight years. Yeah, around the forty dollar mark. That's when it's starting to get interesting. But again, mm-hmm. it depends on the grape variety. I can buy this Leo Buring Riesling for thirteen ninety nine, yeah. and I know I've had that wine from nineteen seventy three only recently, oh, God. and it was amazing. Jeez, that's so cool. So again, goes on the wine, but yeah, anything over forty. Great varieties, big reds like Cabernet and bigger Shirazes from warmer regions than we are in the cool, than in the Yarra Valley um, will also need time they've all, if they've had a lot of oak in them. Um, so they'll probably go 15, 20, 30 years. It's a long time to wait. It's a long time to wait. I mean, excuse me, James Halliday is auctioning off, auctioned off last year, I think, his cellar because he realised that he won't have time to drink it all wow and that's actually a nice segue into my next question aged wine can be so expensive mm. what is the deal with that it is literally just holding on to it and putting it is it all come down to age does it come down to vintage or rarity like why are these aged wines always selling for so rarity. much money rarity it's a tradable stock then these people will never drink it. That's what I find absolutely heartbreaking. You look at the auctions, yeah. you know, Sotheby's and Christie's auctions and these wines from, you know, 1853 and whatever, yeah. um, they'll never drink them. Mm. But 
you've got to be very careful. If, if you want to entertain yourselves over Easter, there's a great movie called about Rudy Colonel. Oh. Um, Oh, what's that called? Um, it's on Netflix. I'm sure. Yeah, it's on Netflix. It's, just go, just search Rudy Rudy Kernawan. He was a guy that was selling wine into auctions, and they were all fake. He was faking them up, and he was um, he sold one guy Thomas Jefferson's um, wine from Paris, which turned out to be complete fake. The man invested, I think, three hundred thousand dollars in faux wine, sour grapes. Sour grapes. It's the movie. It's really worth watching. Um, yeah, fantastic. And he was uncovered cool. because he was selling a 1961 vintage from a particular domain in Burgundy and the owner came up and said, we didn't make any wine that year. Oh, and he made a lot. He's actually just got out of jail. Oh, was he out of jail? Yeah, and he's waiting deportation back to wow. Malaysia, I think he was from. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, so just be careful buying aged wine. Go to a reputable auction house if you do buy it. But, again, like I said, Dan Murphy's, you know, do a seller release. Yeah. And they're, so, they're still reasonable. Like if, if I, like, stumble upon um, a little winery or something who do, don't do big volumes and buy a couple of cases, sit on it for 20 years, what are the chances I'm going to be sitting on a gold mine? Not high? <laughs> No. Oh, that's a shame. It depends on the quality of wine to start with. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, I don't... I quit my job then. I don't know if you remember that duck's muck. No. Oh, gosh. Um, it was wine from Bendigo and Robert Parker gave it 100. And they were literally those little guys. Mm. Um, and it just went from, I think, a $35 bottle of wine. This is probably 15 years ago now. To hundreds of dollars a bottle. <laughs> yeah. And a friend of mine, while well, I was living in Chile at the time, brought a bottle over. He was with his Australian em- embassy and it was not my style of wine. Oh, no. Well, admittedly, we were drinking on a really hot night and it just felt very alcoholic and porty. But, yeah, yeah you can. If Parker or, you know, James Suckling give it 100, yeah. you're on a gold mine. But no one can travel at the moment. So chances are that little winery around the corner from you. They're not going to be reviewing. Mm, okay, well, fair enough. That's uh, that's good to know. <laughs> I'll start drinking it then. All right. So to finish us off this week, um, we're going to go to a question from Mark. Uh, he said he's going out for bir- for a birthday dinner to an Indian restaurant this week, and it's BYO, but he has no idea what kind of wine to bring. Meg, does any wine pair well with Indian food? Tricky. Uh, beer. <laughs> no, Shiraz. Oh. Spice with spice. But go a new sort of bunchy, crunchy, early drinking, light dry red style of Shiraz. All right. Works really well. Don't forget Indian food's quite fatty, so you want a little bit of acid in there. So I would say Yarra Valley Shiraz that's, that's a light dry style, a crunchy style. There we go. There's your recommendation. Well, that's all we've got time for this week. We'd love to hear if you're aging your wines. Let us know. But until next we'll send time. send some of the aged wines to assist for you. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, uh, we'll definitely help you out with that. No problem there. Until then, hope you enjoy your next glass of wine. Drink well. Bye.